Welcome to another episode of Andrew Says. I don't know what number this is, but Ben Banks is here. He's back. How are you, young Benjamin? You don't know what number episode this is? 60-something, I think. Would it be 69? For you, maybe we can delay it to be 69. Can we just make this episode 69, and then if it's episode 66, you'll just do I'll 67 work backwards. and 68, and then you'll skip 69? We'll see what we can do. I think it's possible. I'm not sure what... I'm not sure anybody else will laugh except What's for us. What's going on, Rebel Media viewers? Rebel News. It's been a while, Rebel Ben. Um, you took a big trip to Texas to do some open mics, I guess. Um, <laughs> a couple podcasts here and there. I saw, I watched you on Kill Tony. Um, how was it compared to Canada? I'm sure everybody's asking you that, but the restrictions are leaving now. We finally have a mask mandate ending date. Uh, so just tell everybody what it was like being free for a while while everybody else wasn't. Uh, it was amazing. <laughs> I tell everybody that. They're like, how was Austin? I'm like, it was amazing. I mean, you didn't have to wear a mask. People are like, in Texas, people are like, Austin, it's so it's such a liberal city. But compared to Canada, it's like, you know, the, the most conservative <laughs> well whatever we think is conservative now which is of course just the idea that you don't want to wear a mask that means you're conservative even if you want to like give money to like children that's true charities you could be like you could give to charities and 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 be like a philanthropist and if you walk into your condo building without a mask on people will just assume that you are um an alt-right maniac well you are uh, maybe you should move a bit closer here so when you're down there, what? Tell me to look at you. I don't want to look at you. Well, you don't have to. I'm gonna look at you on the screen. That's fine. Easier. That's fine. You look very cool, like a pilot almost, a pilot from like 1993 who got. <laughs> it never works out when I try to be the funny one, so I'll stop. It sounds like you're coming on to me a bit, but that's okay. <laughs> you look like a pilot. A pilot. You look like I'm, I feel like I'm watching Top Gun, which still hasn't come out, by the way. The new one. There's a new Top Gun. Yeah, he filmed it. Like a couple years ago. Where What's it about? Just uh, giving Ukrainians old planes, <laughs> trying to train random farmers to fly fighter jets. I think he fly MIGs. I think he flies in one of those jets that can go hi hypersonic into space, like into the ionosphere or whatever it is. But Tom Cruise actually flew jets in this one. Well, okay. Well, I'll finish telling you about Austin. Okay. Because we could get into all kinds of Tom Ukrainian, Bulgarian, oh, okay. the war in Bulgaria. Is it in Bulgaria? No. Um, yeah, Austin's a great place to go. Uh, it's not as big as Toronto. I don't think – I think it has its disadvantages. Like people, you know, want you to just be like, it's a, the best thing ever. Like it does have its disadvantages. Toronto has a better transit system. Toronto has more options to for food, more uh, – It's. I, I think Toronto is actually almost cheaper in some ways uh, when you consider how many people are moving to Austin. But, yeah, it's – Living in a place that doesn't have restrictions feels normal. And people are going to realize that once I already see it on people's faces. They're walking around with their mask off and they're, wow, everybody's out and we're just walking along Bloor Street or we're walking along Young Street. Wow. And it's like, yeah, that's why you were insane and depressed for the last two years because you didn't have that. Um, it's important to live a normal life. It's important to not be worried. It's not that, uh, you know, wearing a mask is whatever. It's just the idea that you're constantly in fear of if I don't put my mask on, somebody's going to say something because that's 90 percent of people who wear the mask are, are wearing it because they don't want to get in trouble. They don't want somebody to be annoying towards them. They're not wearing it because they're like, oh, my God, I care so much about my neighbor and I care about, 
you know, I'm really worried about what could happen if I don't wear my. No, it's just because like I don't want to get in a confrontation at the LCBO, so I have it on. David Menz, he's no stranger to that. I don't know if you've been watching LCBOs. Oh, okay, because it's green screen. David Menzies loves excursions to the LCBO. Leave that in. Don't cut that out. Okay, that's fine. We'll leave the water bottle in. For for what reason? I don't know. No vato bottles. <laughs> Takes a um, Did you get a lot of those typical questions? Oh, what's it like being Canadian? Oh, do you love Justin Trudeau? What's the uh, number one thing somebody from Texas is asking a Canadian? Uh, mostly people be like, where are you from? And be like, Canada. They'd be like, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> They like felt bad for me. Yeah. Honestly, that's what it fe- that's literally what it was. They're like, oh, I, ugh, ugh, yikes. So I saw you on uh, Kill Tony, one of my Nobody favorite cares podcasts. about Canada. People are like, what was nobody's like, what's Canada like? They were just like, oh, you have legal weed. That's great. We also have that in certain states, but not here. Something I was thinking about was well, first of all, the guy you brought down there with you, what was his name? The guy you did, the special needs guy, I'll say. You did skits with, and he was... Jared Nathan? Jared Nathan. I didn't uh, bring him down there. No, you didn't. Well, I mean, I... So when I did the park shows, if people don't know anything about me, which you probably don't, um, I... The reason I'm sitting here is because I (laughs) did something illegal. And uh, (laughs) I, I did comedy shows in parks when we had our most intense lockdowns in 2020. And, um... Yeah, we had thousands of people come out to the park shows, whatever. So I put Jared. Jared I knew for a long time, Jared Nathan. Um, and he did the park shows. And that's where he met Jason Rouse, who's a Canadian comic, longtime comic. He's been on Just for Laughs. He's done all the festivals. He's toured the world doing comedy. Now lives in Austin, hangs out with Tony Hinchcliffe and, and, and Brian Redband. And um, yeah, so Jared met him at those park shows and Jason brought me actually last year down to Texas. And then this year he brought down um, Jared Nathan and Jared killed it. Jared did a week. Uh, the first time it was going to be only for a week, but then he did, he got on kill Tony his first time, the same night I got on actually, mm-hmm. except he got to go on 12 times after that. Um, Cause you know, they were just like, this guy is um, awesome. You know, he's, you know, his deal. He's got a stutter. Um, and, uh, some potential special needs, but he's also, uh, you know, just a hilarious dude. <clears throat> so he really impressed everybody down there and he had a great time. And, uh, yeah, I think he, I think he's still there. The first time he raised money on a GoFundMe, he raised like 10 grand. And then just, Trudeau took it. <laughs> yeah. Trudeau took his GoFundMe because he <laughs> wore, a, didn't wear a mask. No, uh, he got the money. It was a legitimate GoFundMe. And so he stayed an extra week and now he's staying there a month. I stay there for four months. I mean, it's expensive. You know what I mean? I went with my girlfriend and, uh, you know, she doesn't want to stay in, uh, you know, like a room in some guy's house. So it's not exactly cheap. When you think about, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, when you think about doing work down there or potentially moving there in the future to do work, do you think it's better to go down to some place like that and be part of something and try to, you know, whether it's building it up with a group of people, other comics, or doing something on your own, do you think it's better to go down there and do that? Or do you think it is almost better to try to stay around here and, like, be the guy? Because you have that potential, I think, if if you're here to be the guy, whereas 
if you go back down to Texas permanently, then there's this whole other scene where you're like, you've got the Tony Hinchcliffe's and the Rogans and all these people who are into the stratosphere almost now. Would you rather almost be here and, and you know, be the guy? Well, I think there's an opportunity to be the guy uh, in both places. I think even both places at once. I mean, if, you know, if you can freely move between the two places, there's no reason that, you know, it's not that expensive of a flight. Uh, I mean, the PCR, obviously, but I think they're going to be getting rid of that soon. Um, so, and it's not that long of a flight to go down to Austin uh, or most of the states for that matter. So, you know, I think there's the potential to be the guy in Austin, too. Um, obviously, I'm not going to be Rogan or I'm not going to be uh, Tony Hinchcliffe. Those are established names. But, um, you know, working with Tony or, you know, working with Rogan is a possibility there. And, you know, that can kind of establish you as like the guy on like a lower level than them. Like, obviously, you're not that the guy, but um, you're the guy that's also still doing other people's shows because, you know, Tony and Rogan, they're probably not going to come out and do some show for 30 bucks. But mm -hmm. if you're opening for Rogan, you might come and do that show. So there's still that potential to be the guy. And, and in, as far as Toronto, the problem here is that we don't have any tourism right now. And I think a lot of comedy really, uh, you know, benefits from tourism. And, and the, you know, people coming to the city for a night, they go to a show, they have fun and then they leave. Right. Right now, we just basically you can only pull locals to come to shows or like people are driving. Like I've had a couple of people drive like two hours actually to come to my shows, which is awesome. Thank you for doing that. But you see what I'm saying? Like we don't have like in New York City or, or in Austin this constant flow of tourists being like, what do we do tonight? What do we do tonight? Going on event, event bright type websites and finding comedy shows and like people are packing them out there and they're charging like, you know, people who don't have huge followings, but are good at stand up are charging 30 bucks uh, for showcase shows where it's like seven or eight comics doing 10 minutes each um, charging 30 bucks us for that. And that's why if you want to come see me, you know, it's I'm charging 30 bucks Canadian, which is only like $23 US when you think about it. So people will be like, it's 30 bucks. I know that like the dollars crashing. My hair looks weird for a second. Um, my girlfriend's going to watch this and be like, you didn't do your hair properly. You didn't shave your beard. Um, you wore your jacket insert. You wore my jacket insert. No, this isn't a jacket insert. It's like a. It's supposed to look like it is. I don't know. It's from two years ago. I don't know what's in style anymore. I'm gonna go to Dufferin Mall after this and uh, <laughs> get kicked out. Go to go to Champs without a mask on and learn about style again. <clears throat> no, but anyway, uh, comedy in Toronto is hard to sell uh, in the same way that you can do it in a town where people want to come to all the time. And now, if Toronto becomes open more and we start having tours again. Because I remember when I started comedy in Toronto, a lot of my shows were doing stand up for people who had hostels and like or there was just people from, you know, all over the place from Australia, from Europe, you know, Spain, Spain, from Mexico. And then there's all the exchange students that would come here. I don't think that's happening right now, just with, you know, with with everything that's happened in the last while. So to answer your question, I think you can become. <laughs> the guy in both places but toronto is is not as easy to do 
because in Toronto, like the equivalent of getting on Rogan is like, I guess like maybe like this, like, or like doing Ezra's show. Like, I don't know who has the biggest podcast in Canada. My friend Jack Denmo has a big podcast. He's got like a million subscribers on YouTube. He's, he does videos kind of like Nelk Boys where he, you know, goes up to girls and I don't know, says something funny and they do something and or whatever, you know. We don't have a Rogan. We don't have anybody. And and if you want to get on CBC, um, you obviously have to adhere to some sort of rules, which, you know, I kind of thought about it and I was like, why if, okay, the CBC knows I exist, you know, they know that I'm funny. They know I have a, a, a following. I had to gain it back because Instagram literally deleted it. But they could, you know, they could be like, hey, do you want to do something? But maybe you have to, you know, not say this or not say that or, you know, and maybe I could have that decision. Do I want to work with them or do I not? But I don't think it doesn't work like that. You literally have to virtue signal your way into it. It's not like you can be talented enough that they'd be like, hey, I know you said some stuff, you know, like if it was Norm or something, you know, like Canada missed out on a lot of uh, has missed out on a lot of talent because they just went, eh, we can't have him on. He's too much. And then they just go to the States and become famous. So, yeah, there really isn't a thing here. There really isn't like a giant podcast here. And I would hope it's to definitely not this one. Oh, you're just gonna make me swear <laughs> on my own show. I usually reserve my cursing for Your other. Hair shows. looks incredible, though. Thank you. My girlfriend told me I look like a cart 3D animation. The way my hair is uh, right now. Um, you look like a hockey coach in the GTHL or something. <laughs> just yelling at kids, yeah. um, asking for vaccine passports. Uh, the the other thing I wanted to ask you about is. Trudeau obviously in the news a lot the last like let's say three four months for his trucker convoy stuff um he'll never get out of style for blackface um and then of course the previous election behind that and now we're still behind in the western world in terms of all lockdowns Hawaii is the only other one in there lifting everything uh before us in terms of restrictions how much of your content do you want to continue to be political or do you just want does it matter do you want to just go back to being a comedian like you were before all this happened or do you see like your trudeau stuff i think the doug ford one is the best stuff you do politically of all of them do you want to keep doing that forever because that would be a thing that you would think that one of these shows would want you to do for them Mm. it's a good question uh hawaii what about hawaii they just lifted their mask mandate before us oh i see and they were the last it, state but, uh, to do so the last state okay yeah. i see okay um what was the last part of the question again um this would like doing all the political comedy oh, yeah. would be a well, way wanted... to get on one of these shows um well yes and no i mean i grew up with political comedy i grew up watching you know this is going to sound Whatever, but I grew up watching Colbert Rapport. I grew up watching The Daily Show. Um, you know, when I was a kid, it was on after South Park, I think, mm-hmm. or like before South Park or something like that. It was on Comedy Central. It was kind of uncensored compared to now. And it was basically making fun of the government's lies at the time about Iraq and the Iraq War and like all kinds of stuff that was going on completely, you know what we have now is like this similar thing, but like on the other end of the spectrum. Right. Um, 
so and I was making political jokes like before the pandemic, you know, I was I, I was doing bits about the Wet'suwet'en protesters <laughs> and how it was all like white people doing it. And then there was also like teachers protesting at the same time. And it was like, are the teachers anyway? So I was doing bits about anything that I think that is people are thinking and talking about, I think is worth joking about. Now, am I, I think specifically maybe the question would be like, are you going to continue doing COVID bits or like uh, stuff about the pandemic? Eventually, no. Like as it gets older, I mean, I'm still doing jokes about Kobe's death. So, I mean, <laughs> but I'm trying to get rid of like I, I've been working like it takes a long time to work on stand up jokes. It takes a year. It takes uh, two years till it's like so good that you're like this now is perfect to be seen by like the masses on Instagram. Right. And sometimes I'll take a chance and I'll just be like, let's just post this version of it. I had a I had a video where I said that uh, I had a joke where I was like, um, especially after like what happened with Joe Rogan, I was like, well, I guess, you know, it's, I guess white people still can't say the N word, you know, and then the joke was, well, even though we, you know, kind of created it or whatever. <laughs> and then I was like, you know, it's kind of cultural appropriation, whatever. It's a joke. And um, it worked really well. And there was like a guy in the crowd who was like didn't know what to do and he was kind of he was like a black dude and we were kind of and then he just loved it and i made fun of him anyway the video got like five hundred thousand views um on instagram so i think it's like there is you know whatever's popular like it, i think it got those views because of the rogan thing but i already had that joke <laughs> i don't know if that makes me look bad or not but uh <laughs> i already had that joke but at the time it's just like that the timing of that's good right so I think it's less about how political you are and more just the timing of stuff now. And I think it's unfortunate in some ways because I feel like a lot of comics are catching on to that. And a lot of comics are becoming kind of um, critics of the times. But I think that that's indicative of the times. We need people to make fun of shit because it's so crazy that if we don't, then people will lose their minds. If you just go on stage and you just totally pretend like the last two years didn't happen the audience picks up on that um or if you have like an opinion of the last two years that's very all about being safe and you know we were made sure to be safe and it's not really funny and it's mostly just about how you are safe the audience will hate it um so does that answer the question yeah i don't know was there a difference in what offended audiences down there as opposed to here or vice versa were you able to be less safe down there it's funny, like, I don't know, the people there get, I, I had one guy get triggered, triggered, triggered. Um, he was like, I don't know, but he had like tattoos on his face. So I don't know if he was the best judge of <laughs> what the general populace, he was upset because I have a joke about Kobe and whatever. And he, he was like, don't you ever, like what happened to Kobe and his daughter? Like you should never make fun of it. And I was like, whatever. Um, but people are pretty open to laughing at things. And I think the woke, like woke people in Austin who think they're woke aren't woke. Like they'll laugh at things that are bad and be like, but they'll be like, oh, that's horrible. Like, you know, obviously I wouldn't say that at work or whatever, but I can laugh at it at a comedy show. Whereas here people are like, I can't say it at work, so I won't be laughing at it at a show and I won't be enjoying myself and I won't see through the, you know, the, no. And then there's people that won't. Like I was just in Oshawa and people had an amazing time. Somebody I had a few messages. People are like, thank, thank you so much. 
you know, I've done, uh, I've been to so many shows that are so politically correct recently. I didn't even, I thought I lost faith in comedy. I was so happy that you weren't politically correct. And, you know, so people want it. There's an appetite for it. It's just becoming like, you know, it's like gasoline. It's like, that's why I have to make it expensive, more expensive to come mm -hmm. see me than to see of Putin. somebody else because of Putin. That's why my shows are more expensive. What's the comedic take on Russia and Ukraine now? What is what? Is, what are you working on for that? Did you put it? Are there have there been any Putin voiceovers? Why don't you? You should really do this. This is what? this looks better. What do you want me to do here? This and then this, up and you under. Pull it down. Is that, yeah. And then all right, up and under now, like a, <laughs> like a regular microphone. At first, the funniest thing to say I think was that it's fake. Um, that was the funniest thing you could say for like a week. It was like, this is fake. Um, which is, just, it was the same with COVID. That was like the funniest thing you could say for like a few weeks at the beginning. Um, just in general conversation or on stage. Obviously it's bad. I think the comedic take is kind of, uh, like I said with, with COVID, it's like, you have to like ingrain it in the bit. It's like, because it's part of what's happening right now, you kind of have to just mention it within whatever else is happening but i've seen a lot of comics go on stage going like russia's at war oh, audiences you know you gotta have something like the punchline has to be that like i made fun of there was like this big fat like ukrainian guy in the audience and i was like this guy looks like the whole ukrainian army right now <laughs> and like it was so funny because he was sitting at the front and you if you're behind him you could just see the most ukrainian looking back and like head <laughs> So everybody laughed. Um, it's not really making fun of the war. It's just uh, adding it in. It's, do you see as much? This is my take on it. People have made the Ukrainian bride joke a million times. Like, that's mm. hack. Like, well, there's going to be a lot of Ukrainian mail order brides cheap. Do you see as much virtue signaling about it as I see? About, like, supporting Ukraine? In what sense? That this is the greatest travesty in the world and Ukraine's completely innocent. Uh, well, I mean, like, this is, like, no country's innocent, but, like, the people are innocent. Well, of course, yeah, but... The people, like, who are getting, like, injured, I think, f are innocent, or the people who are have having to flee are innocent. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of... I mean, the virtue signaling, it's just the same with BLM. Like, people don't even... They'll put a black square up, and you'll be like, you know that, like, eight white dudes got, like, murdered today by BLM people, and, like some random city riot and they'll be like, yeah, well, I'm going to still keep the BLM square up. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter. Uh, people are doing what they're told. This is, this is just what the, you know, they're told to care about it. They care about it. Now there's a lot of Ukrainians in Canada and there's a lot of Russians and I'm sure a lot of them watch rebel and you know, they know for a fact that this is uh, horrific and you know, it's horrific for Ukrainians and Russians who are in the diaspora on both sides because they want to watch Russians want to watch Russian TV if they live in uh, you know in steels and Bathurst or whatever and grandma babushka wants to watch <laughs> her regular Russian TV and now it's banned right so that's not great um you know is she a threat like is she gonna watch an RT video and be like no so like you know and then on the other side like the ukrainians like now it's like they're worried about their family members probably families moving here there's all this i think one of the funny takes that i've done on it is that um 
we kind of realize that Canada is a racist country because nobody on either side has said like, let's not take in these Ukraine. You know what I mean? Like whenever they're like, oh, there's a war in Yemen, like let's take in Yemeni. And then like some people on one side will be like, well, you know, some of those guys, they're kind of battle hardened and, you know, they might, they, they know how to use guns and they might be, they might be terrorists and the Ukrainian refugees, everybody, like people on both sides are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> More pierogies. So I think um, that's a, a funny take that you can have. That you can have if you're allowed to. I think that a lot of this stuff isn't allowed right now. And that's why there, it's become another thing where I think that you're not allowed to have a conversation about it. I mean, we are right here. I think we're doing it. And we're doing it. But you're not going to find it anywhere else in Canada, I think. You can, can't name me one other Not on outlet. the news. Not on yeah. the news. It's like, yeah, not on... Uh, regular tv you can't tune in and have some they'll be like we have a comedian in who what do you think of ukraine and i'm just like well it's fake <laughs> uh, no the they national. can't have that but obviously i'm joking about that but even if i said that they'd be so like oh my god like alarm bells it's like i'm joking obviously it's not fake it's funny to say think that it's fake and if anything that's almost a left-wing joke because i'm like making fun of the people who said that uh the, the pandemic was fake you know what i mean so I think there is – I think the Ukraine thing is bringing both sides – I think it's, get like, lessening the polarization. And whether that's done intentionally or not, and you can argue all kinds of conspiracies. But at the end of the – I think a war with anybody right now, especially a white-on-white -white war, which I think a lot of people, young people, are seeing for the first time. They haven't seen a white-on-white -white war. They've seen, you know, us going into Iraq, us going into Afghanistan, going into all these countries of people of different races and just being like, bruh, bruh, bruh. you know, now you have just white people look almost identical. I know some Ukrainians, we look nothing like Russia. <laughs> they look almost identical and they're just blowing each other up. So I think that it kind of makes everybody who is like COVID crazy on one side and on the other side, they're like, let's get rid of, you know, let's go back to normal. I think they're kind of coming slowly we're going to come back to um, the two sides not being as polarized. You know, I know in the States there's a push for why, you know, some pe some far right people are like, we shouldn't give them any money and we shouldn't. And it's like, well, I don't know. Like, I'm not a politician. I just know how it's affecting me. If, if I was getting blown up right now and maybe that's why – COVID gave everybody this opportunity to really have an opinion. Everybody's like, you're not a doctor. You're not. Yeah, but I'm being affected by it personally. You wouldn't say that to somebody in, in the Ukraine who's getting bombs uh, dropped on them. And you're like, well, you're not a general. So you don't really know what's, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and like, I know the, there will be people out there being like, hopefully they do. Hopefully that comedian makes comparison to bombs being dropped to having to be in COVID lockdown for two years. Yeah, well, it was pretty bad. People did take their own lives. So you know, just because war is worse than being in lockdown for the majority of two years and losing all your money and your business doesn't mean that that wasn't also bad. And luckily, people in Ukraine didn't even really do that. I don't even think they, they even have a lockdown. I, nobody wears a mask there. They have like one of the lowest vaccination rates mm -hmm. in all of Europe. What are the odds we get uh, a new sketch comedy show or something in Canada? I think you should start that. Well, I'm working on some stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. 
I'm working on putting out a special. I'm working on uh, putting out some more content, some more filmed content. But the thing is, you know, it's tough. If It's like, okay, you make a bunch of stuff on your iPhone or you have a little bit more quality. I feel like if you have a little bit more quality, when people come to see you, there's a little bit more, you know, it's not just I just watch this guy make videos on his iPhone every day, which is great. And you can you can get a bajillion followers from that. I don't know. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should just be like Gary V style. But, you know, some days I wake up, I'm like, do I, you know, I don't want to force funny all, you know, and at the same time, I'm always working on something, whether it's my podcast, which you can listen to for free uh, on all platforms, the Ben Bankus podcast, or you can find it at benbankus.com, whether it's my Patreon bonus episodes, which I give to people so that they, I can have eat food so you can pay me $5 a month, which is at patreon.com slash benbankus, which you can go sign up right now. Or I'm working on uh, my show, my physical shows, live shows, or I'm working on um, doing like a silly dub video. I like doing videos where my face isn't in it. Like I really wish I was a, became like had a cartoonist friend who could draw me. I'd love to do a cartoon because um, it's so fun to do little silly voices over images and videos versus, you know, um, having to actually act and then you need lights and stuff. You need all this stuff. Um, which is great. You know, I have some good sketches out there. I think I would watch a political cartoon of all the, like the world leaders. That'd be interesting. I think, um, well, the, the Ryan long method seems to be both a new and workable method where like you have this online following from all these sketches and then you turn that into, like, I'm pretty sure he was doing stand up before he, his sketches got big, but that's turned into, you know, him being this huge name and uh, his special just came out and it seems like he can, he can get a good tour going. So I think there's merit in putting out all these sketches or an iPhone video or whatever, or getting together with other people and uh, gaining a following that way. Having said that, I back going back to my question about whether it's better to be here or to be down there. I think there's a real opportunity here and I know I'm fathering you here a little bit to do that sort of stuff because I don't think there's any other people doing anything like that here. There's no sketch comedy show that anybody watches. There's no kids in the hall. Nobody watches this hour is 22 minutes. There's, I don't even know what sh the last show there is like some CBC all women sketch comedy show. The last, I think I talked about that like two years ago. Do you remember what that was called? No, but the thing is nobody, I don't think anybody watches anything here. Um, you know, I think problem. people just watch, they go home, they scroll Instagram until they're cross-eyed or they watch Netflix, some horrible show that they get into for, because they hate their lives uh, or they watch this <laughs> or they watch rebel and they just, you know, they go, they get angry and they, <laughs> they go, why is everything so bad? Or they watch, and then they go watch CBC after and they go, ah, I hate this. I hate everything. Um, not a lot of, you know, there's no, not like when I grew up and I watched comedy now and it was like, and it was like comics doing stand up for, you know, that were Canadians. They used to get some money for it. Like, I know it wasn't a lot. It was probably like two or five grand to do that special. But that's how, that's how Russell Peters, that special went viral on YouTube for him. Um, so without that, like if, if he had been doing it now, he would have had to make I, his, like now 
YouTube is so far along that it's it's not like when Russell Peters went viral on YouTube that it was just YouTube was new. It was it was a new thing to do to go viral. Now people are going viral every five seconds with, you know, I just listened to Mr. Beast on Joe Rogan <laughs> and all the guy does. Everything's like we're giving away a thousand puppies to like a hundred people in like ten seconds. You know, it's like how what am I supposed to compete with that? Like all I'm doing is giving com social commentary uh, on uh, on what's going on. I'm not, you know, or, or making fun of my own life or talking about funny things. You know, I'm not. And like, uh, anyway, I there is opportunity here for sure. I am going to be starting more of that, but even Ryan's stuff is higher quality. Like he films it, edits it every week. There's a, there's a sketch, you know, he's not just doing like the, you know, yeah. I'm this guy. Now I'm this guy. And then I'm this guy. You like, can't find a cameraman. No, I can. Exactly. Um, and I have a cameraman, but we're working, we're working on the podcast first. So we've done my new producer. Shout out to my new producer, Mike. Uh, and he, you know, produces the podcast. It looks amazing. Um, and we're slow. We're we're doing this comedy special. He's starting to film my stand up, and now we're going to start writing sketches and 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 doing those sketches. But this, you know, it's it's a you you, you want to pick a week and film like two or three. I think. Just to get ahead of yourself. And then the next week you only have to film one. And then you can kind of work at that pace. I think that's a good way to really get the ball rolling. And I think I'm in a good position to really move towards that. I know you call it the Ryan Long model. It's, um, you know, I think that it's just, it, it's really a lot of comics have, you know, Andrew Schultz came mm, out with right. it for, you know, the idea of just putting out content and then, you know, gaining your following to the point where then people want to watch your stand up. And that's, that's really how you have to do it now. It's the modern comedy way. I know there's a lot of comics in Canada that are like, well, if I can just get with Yuck Yucks and then if I can just get... And it's like, yeah, but you need to... You know, Yuck Yucks will sell out for you on their brand, right? Like, they'll be like, here's the sold-out show. You you have to go kill now. And that's what makes you can make you so good at, and so strong at stand-up in Canada is that people go to stand-up, don't care who it is. People do that in the States too, but... Not, not like like they have the option to be like, or we could go see Rogan, or we could go see you know Jerry Seinfeld's in town, or Tim Dillon, or whatever. You know, like we have those those acts come through town once in a while. We haven't, you know, but that's not uh, they don't live here, right? So yes, it's important to get it with Yuck Yucks and become a headliner, and and that's how you get really good at stand up. But you also have to have that online. You you want to get to the point where. Half the t people at Yuck Yucks got sold out right away because they're your fans or or the whole thing's getting sold out because it's your fans. If you can do that, the only comics that have been able to do that in Canada sell out Yucks consistently for people coming to see specifically them is really Russell Peters. Like he's like the last person to be able to sell out uh, Yuck Yucks across the country based on when he had those videos going viral and people like, how do we see this guy? Right. So the, it's it's part of the game. It's nuanced and you have to have uh, you have to become like a phenomena. I think the P Teresa um, Tam videos kind of became a phenomenon a bit. <laughs> and the Doug Ford videos, like you said. And the, yeah, they ahead. can always come back. But if, if the, the, really those videos are meant to make them like screw off and like let us live our lives, they should watch those videos and be embarrassed and be like, this is funny. What are we doing? 
they shouldn't be like, ah, this is horrible. How can this guy make fun of us? It should be like, no, I look like a dork. This is stupid. Why are we, uh, we're obviously upsetting people. And uh, if they stop bothering us, then I don't think, you know, we can move on to make whoever uh, fun of whoever is pissing, off, pissing us off that day. All right. Now that we're behind the paywall, Ben. Um, is this uncensored now? It always was, but now we can say the extra YouTube illegal things and Twitter. You is can that misgender. True? What? This is uncensored now? Not yeah. like fully, obviously. Well, I don't care. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, we try to keep it clean enough awesome. that it'll go on YouTube. And then the only thing you can't put, do on Twitter, I think, is I feel like dead name people. the CBC wants like they benefit off of play things like rebel not getting money from the government because then you have to go out of your way to get money from people that watch and i think they use that against you to try to sit like they try to like delegitimize being like they have to have like you know they have to have people like donate to them it's like you guys get 600 700 million or billion or how well, it's how exactly much? what a patreon is we could open a right. patreon page and it'd be the same thing right and like everybody's got, but like, they use it against you to be like, oh well, they're just you know, and it's like, well, yeah, but you got, like they could be doing such cooler stuff. Like, what's what does CBC do? They get us, they get uh, the the Chinese guy to talk to Teresa Tam on a TV, and then they get like four <laughs> angles of it, and she's just on a TV. It's like, how is this in any way? Like good, like I don't know where the, the taxpayer money. She's the, not even there. How do we even know she's a real person if she's never actually in the room? The funding, I think, just goes to these buildings. I interned at CTV News, and they get government money now ever since Trudeau. And the size of the building that they share with TSN is just insane. It's owned by Bell. Like, so much of their entire budget must go into just maintaining this building. We can accomplish the same thing as the CTV newsroom in the back room back there. And wouldn't they not allow you to build your building because something, RBC something? Oh, yeah. RBC didn't let us buy... Won't give us a loan for a building in Calgary. Even oh, it was in though, Calgary. Yeah, even though the loan itself looked perfect, the guy said. I'm paraphrasing, but the guy from RBC told Ezra that the loan's amazing. Can we give Can we give you a couple more loans if you want to? Are buy you guys more building stuff, stuff here? Um, Are you allowed no. to talk about it? We can, I can talk. We can talk about it. There's, we're still trying to like the donations for the building. We're we're we've been still this whole time trying to get a building. People are going to look at buildings this week. Um, wherever that may be in Calgary. I don't know. I've never been to Calgary. But as of here, uh, no, not right now. We're not building anything, I don't think, unless that's a way above my head, which it could be. Yeah. No, I, I think that Canadian – the Canadian people are being starved of, like, good entertainment, good, uh, funny, talented people who are Canadian getting ahead – I mean, there's there's a guy. Uh, there's this show on, on on Amazon Prime right now that's like a bunch of Canadians. Yeah, the one with Tom Green and Tom uh, Green and like Tom Green's uh, like I th apparently he's pretty good in it, whatever. But there's like one guy who's like a young guy. His name's Brandon Ash Muhammad, and um, you know he's gay, he's Muslim, and he got the show because of. Like it's not you know he's not it's not people nobody ever watched him murder and was like. Oh my God! This guy literally shook the foundation of this room with how funny that was. They just go, "Well, he he's funny enough, and he fits these things, which is fine." And you know, good for him. 
But I'm just saying that that's depriving Canada of, because I think 70% of people are going to watch that or more are going to watch that show and go, this guy's here because of that. And that makes the show less funny. And I'm not saying you need a white guy instead, but just pick. I have funny friends who are uh, of all different backgrounds, races. Jared Nathan, he's he's a he's literally a Jew, a special needs Jew. I mean, you know, like who else is on that? Colin Mockery, that giant woman. Um, and it's probably okay. Like, I mean, I'm just saying. No, I have I'm Amazon just, and I'm just I haven't jealous. watched it. I'm just jealous that other people are getting paid to do comedy, but they're not actually doing it. They just get to, like, stand around and be told they're a comedian and not actually say anything funny. Well, they went with people that have name recognition, but they're also the same people we've been seeing for 20 years. Like, Colin Mockery, God bless him, is so old. Tom Green, I don't think he wants to do anything. I'm surprised he was on that. All I ever see him do is, like, camping out, like, in an RV. Well, it's just embarrassing that they're like, Canada, the funniest comedians in Canada. We're going to pull, uh, you know, washed up guys from the U.S. And, uh, you know, Colin Mockery, who, you know, just automatically gets, like, probably $100,000 a year from royalties and all the shows that he did. What, what was it? Wasn't he on the show with Wayne Wayne Brady Wayne yeah, Brady whose line is it anyway, whose line is it anyway? and time. he was funny as hell on that show and he is funny but are you gonna are young people gonna watch this and go Colin Mockery wow I want to check out his pot does he have a podcast does he talk about anything relevant or young that young people no and if he did it would be a censored podcast nowadays he would be he would have to be on a certain side to be part of CBC and all that if they had somebody like me on there who was a troublemaker, who was a, who was a shit disturber, who made people laugh, who was younger so that the younger generation – they, what, are, 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 when I was 15, uh, I only looked up to American comics. I'm trying to think of any Canadian comic. I, you know, I liked Norm. I liked uh, you know, Russell Peters. But I wasn't – they weren't around. And there was no – even then, there was no Canadian we – we used to have a thing on much music. There was a show called Video on Trial. Right, right. And that that was the big that. show for a lot of Canadian comics to get on, to make a little bit extra money. You know, they do it a couple times a week. They get like maybe a grand or whatever it was. And they got some exposure. But none of them used that to do anything on their own. They only used it to, you know, like the one guy, Darren, he became went into MTV Darren Jones. Darren Jones. Oh God, he turned into such a he, well. He social he went. To, I used he, to love him, but man, did he turn? He a went into that realm though of guys who were like white guys who were like kind of edgy in like 2008 or two or whatever, and then they or 2010, and then when the woke movement happened, they were like, well, good. I I'm glad I didn't really do that much stand up or put any albums out because I won't get in trouble and I'll just keep playing this character of I'm just a innocent little white man who believes everything I'm told. Went right and, to kiss 92.5 or whatever it was. Right. But I'm saying that anybody who did those video on trial things basically used it to either get further within the establishment career. So like Deborah G. Giovanni and stuff like that, like they'll use it to be on, uh, you know, part of match game and CBC, but nobody watches these shows no. seriously. They just know they exist. They go, yeah, Canada has some show called match game. Who's watching that? Maybe people in seniors' homes who, uh, you know, have uh, dementia and don't know what's going on. Is it just nobody's like a... watching that and being like, "This is this is amazing. even the Family Feud, the new Family Feud with uh, Jerry D? Are people watching that? I haven't I haven't seen a lot of 
clips about it. I don't even think they filmed that much of it. Well, is it just a case of like this government money coming in? Let's circulate it to the people that we like and are dedicate and are willing to be a soldier in our political cause. Yeah, like I obviously mean, not overtly. It's like but the Hollywood model. Out. It's like the Hollywood model, except they have like complete control. Where you know in Hollywood, like somebody, one guy could be like, "Hey, I don't agree with this." Like here, if you say you don't agree or you say you support anything that's not what's happening, you know, like say somebody at this hours and twenty two minutes was just like stood up and was like, "That actually happened." I spoke to Kathy Jones. There's an episode of Kathy Jones is on my podcast and she didn't really talk about that. But, you know, she kind of was like, hey, like, I don't like the direction this is going in. It's not as funny as it was. Uh, it's too woke. Everything's about like racist, you know, why the white guys are racist. And like, that's every sketch. And uh, they basically said, well, like, OK, yeah, like, we'll just give you money and just don't work here anymore. But we'll <laughs> pay you to like not complain, basically. So um, that wouldn't happen, uh, you know, now like with anybody else, like if you were a new guy there, like she'd been there for so long that they had, she had seniority that they'd be like, okay, we'll pay you off kind of like, sorry, it's so it's such a bad show, but we have to do it like this because this is what they're telling us to do. But if I started there and it, a week in, somebody sent them a Teresa Tam, they'd be like, he's fired. <laughs> like they'd just be like, he's fired. And it's like, He's fired for what? Doing comedy that maybe was too offensive, but it was still comedy. And so now what? Now you're going to give money to all these, you know, they, they, they basically want you to quit. They want me to quit comedy, delete everything I've ever made and go like disappear and like go live in like uh, Sarnia and work in like a factory or something. <laughs> That's that would like that would be best case scenario. Did you see their Rebel News sketch a couple of years ago? Yeah, what with the key and Bexty? Yeah, that was kind hotel. of funny. It was kind of funny, but like at the end of some the of day, their stuff's getting better. Actually, I re I watched the sketch recently, and they they did it against masks or something, and it was actually kind of funny. Are you sure that wasn't uh, SNL? No, it was them. They did something against. I don't know. People are worried. I don't know what it was, but look, the their quality dollars. is so good. The quality is so good on their stuff that you know they have the potential to be doing so much more. And, you know, hey, if they're watching this, there's no reason that they shouldn't, like, reach out to me. Like, they don't have to. Like, it's not like, oh, they reach out to me and, like, now they're going to get canceled for reaching out to me. They'd be like, hey, you're funny, but we, you know. Well, you know exactly what would happen. Here's a post from CBC where this hour is 22 minutes with Ben Bagus in it. Hey, did you know he worked with Rebel News and he was anti-lockdown and he did illegal shows and he was against all this, that, and the other. And then three people say that and they're like, oh, we apologize. He'll never work here again. But even if that happened, like that could be like my Shane Gillis moment. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> So you want to get canceled is what you're saying. Well, even if I did, I'm saying that if they hired me and then they fired me because of a uh, Teresa Tam video or because I was, and that would be headline news. And then everybody would go, who the hell is this guy? He got hired for two seconds, got fired. Whereas, I mean, that happened to be actually at Rebel, and nobody cared. <laughs> Two seconds. Yeah. I don't know about that. No, I was here for what? A couple months? Yeah. I'm willing. I'm like always. I'll, I'm always I'll lurking hire around. You back. I'll be your assistant. You're always lurking in the background. Final question. Um, what clip went the most viral? My favorite one is the Doug Ford, Tim Beebs one. I watched it a hundred times. <laughs> That's the best one. You know, I tried to go out and get Tim Beebs merchandise and none of the Tim Hortons had it. Hmm. I wanted to show up for what work in the Tim Beebs 
Fanny Pack, and I think Took. <laughs> no Tim Hortons had them. I don't think they have the products ever existed. Awful. Um, honestly, the video of me doing the stand-up bit about saying the N-word uh, has yeah, with the 500,000 views. Well, that wasn't views. the uh, best friends with a black guy skit. No, those videos did okay. I mean, I'm consistently hitting like above 10K for most videos. Some are like 40K. Some of the better like Trudeau dubs are like 80, 100. But my biggest video right now is that. On my old account and my old TikTok, I had a million views on the first or one of the first Doug Ford ones I did where he <laughs> had a mask on and he was like, we're closing her down, boys. Tell the six bus boys that we're, we don't know what's going on here anymore. Yeah, you want to do a voiceover right now? We'll put Doug Ford over it. And... Sure. Can you do that on the screen? Yeah. Well, not right now, but we can put Doug Ford's image up. But I don't know if we could. Oh, okay, uh, okay, yeah. Deep fake you. Okay. Well, okay. Introduce Doug Ford, and then, ladies and gentlemen, the Premier of Ontario, Doug Ford. Well, how's it going there? Uh, really happy we're opening up and uh, saved a lot of money by not spending it on healthcare there, boys. Anything else you want to say? Uh, we can uh, cut any clip for you, and it's going to get at least 50K, I'll promise you. If you want to well, do boys. one of your bits or do a, a, a joke from your routine. Just talk to me like I'm Doug Ford, and I'll pretend to be Doug Ford right now and then put up my his image <laughs> sure. over half of the screen and pretend like you're interviewing him. Uh, Premier Ford, what took so long to lift the mask mandate? Well, we had a lot of these uh, soccer moms and Karens out there in Etobicoke and uh, a couple of them there in Sarnia, and they, they just kept calling every day and uh, emailing us and saying, you know, we're really worried about the masks and we need we, we think we need to keep them on the kids. And, uh, you know, we listen to them and uh, we listen to the people on Twitter who are uh, really super far left, and uh, that's pretty much how we make our decisions. But Premier, you've been photographed so many times not wearing masks, not following capacity limits, going to weddings. How do you explain all that? Well, you know, uh, you know when you're out having a good time, sometimes you forget. You know, I, we, we all remember my brother. He'd he like to have a good time. Sometimes forget what he would do. And, you know, uh, you know, next thing you know, you're, you're smoking a little bit of crack. Uh, uh, you know, but I never did that. So at least we had that. But I would be at a party and sometimes we take it off. And we, all, we knew everybody there was tested negative. Or uh, how to, uh, you know, how to negative PCR or how to, how to triple, double vaccinated. So we never really got that upset. Last question to you, Premier. Your daughters are notoriously come out against a lot of your policies. Do you have any message for them? How do you feel about that? Well, uh, you know, I don't talk to her anymore. Uh, that's uh, safe to say that. I moved her out of the basement. She thought she could live down there and do her little yoga studio and have a have a little cookie store down the street there in Etobicoke. I said, uh, you know, no way. Uh, you're either getting vaccinated or you're getting the hell out of my house. So uh, that's, that's, that's what we do there. And, uh, you know, we don't talk to her anymore. All right. Thank you, good <laughs> sir. Um, that's fun. Great. Right, uh, no, I pass you over to Trish Tam. <laughs> Trisha, I call her Trisha Tam now. Why is that? Because it's just more fun. when you. It's I just more said, fun. I've said her name so many times, Trish Tam. Trish, turns but it becomes. Trisha? Yeah, it becomes Trish Tam. Trish Tam. Ooh, what's Trisha talking about on TV there? Oh, don't go outside again. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much. Uh, That'd be hilarious if they did COVID all over again. Like every time I'm just going to get more and more famous because all I do is make fun of this one person. No. This racist comedian. Please check out my podcast, benbankus.com. 
and I will podcast. cut the clip of you telling me I have great hair over and over again. Thanks for coming in. Um, I'm going to try to get you. You look like you coach grade 11 soccer. I wish. <laughs> you know, uh, when, when I was a YouTube, when I was just doing YouTube and I had. Bet you wish. Zero dollars in my bank account. I was like, maybe I need to go back to my high school and become assistant basketball coach or something. Wow. I play basketball. Am I getting paid for this? Um, you can have any food in the kitchen you want. There's cake. Fuck. I'm on a diet. There's... I'll eat the cake. There's cake. There's... There's cake? Like, what kind of cake? Just cake? There is actually an ice cream cake from Ezra's birthday still, and somebody just brought in a cake today. I'm not sure might who have or that. why. I might have Ezra's birthday cake. I think I want that. It's a power move. Everybody, thanks for watching. Thanks for being a Rebel News Plus subscriber. Go to Ben Bankus's website and watch his podcast, Ben Bankus Podcast, on Patreon. And, of course, go to his Instagram channel and watch his content. Any final words? You look like you're about to cry. God bless Canada. God bless Justin Trudeau. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to speak we're at the CBC, right? This is on the CBC? Yeah. Uh, CBC Radio 1 with John Gomeshi. I should be less bitter, but I am kind of the... I'm like the white Patrice O'Neill of Canadian comedy right now. I love Patrice O'Neill. I think I've listened to everything he's ever Self said. Self-proclaimed. Nobody... No comedian's going to watch this. This is behind a paywall. That's true. <laughs> so I can say anything. You all suck. Every comedian in Canada sucks, except for me. And... Uh, you Come just see doing my shows. A show with Kyle. Kyle doesn't suck. Kyle's good. I mean, like, I mean the established. Well, the, they the don't comedy exist. Who are they? They are. There's. I. They're on my Facebook. I'd like you to name one of them. I follow. Niall Sagan. I don't know who that is. I follow. Comedy. He's a guy with a big afro. That's like, if you looked him up right now, like every single one of his videos is like professionally done at like a gala performance at Just for Laughs. <laughs> he makes like sixty thousand dollars a year from uh, Sound Exchange for his. One of his albums being on a mm. uh, uh, on Sirius XM. That's how the majority, the the upper echelon of Canadian comedy, the way they make money is they make somehow they're getting sixty k a year to have uh, their album on Sound Exchange that's played by one guy that makes all these decisions. His name's Ben Miner. He makes all these decisions and he gets to decide who makes how much money and whose album gets to get played and all this kind of shit. And uh, and then on and and then those people also get to do all the like gala Canadian gala performances. It's like the three six mafia of the Canadian comedy. Scene. So I can't do that because I'm illegal. My comedy's illegal. So you have to go to Patreon.com/slash Ben Bankus and give me money. Give me money instead of. I mean, if you're giving him money, you better give me money too. They do. All right. See you next I week. I know they do. They're watching it. Bye, guys. Bye.